we stand for the reading of God's Word, please? And I really appreciate that. We've all been through a tough year. I could list the things that were tough about it, but here's a few. Um, runaway inflation, crazy high gas prices, wars, rumors of wars, more wars, national division, violence, heartbreak, testing and trying of your faith, attack against Christianity that grows in the West now. We've been through a trying, testing year. And that's all right, because the Bible said in the world you're going to have tribulation. But fear not, I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. So I'm not afraid of it. I just know that we've been in it. Amen? So I don't think it's going to change much in 2024. Our nation has decided primarily, and I think pretty much across the board, to reject the God of the Bible. And so when you go your own way and you depart from God, things don't generally go well. But God has a remnant. God always has a people. And God has a word for those people. Uh, And he keeps his people. He protects his people. He guards and watches over his people. And he sustains his people. And he strengthens his people. And he guides his people. He's faithful. We sang about it a lot today. And that's good because I'm going to preach on the, the faithfulness of God. But I'm calling this message today, Hope in Your Deepest Valley. How many of you can say... Jeff, this year I went through a valley. Amen. How many of you can say it was a deep one? Well, I'm getting some good amens here. So I want you to look at Lamentations 3, verses 21 to 24, and let's read about uh, Jeremiah speaking, writing down this book as he watches his people carried away into captivity. He said, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every year. Is that what it said? Every once in a while. No, how often are they new? Great is your faithfulness. Then Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I what? Hope in him. He's my hope. He's your hope. He's our hope. When everything is going crazy and sideways, he's my hope. He's your hope. Everybody that can say he's my hope, say amen. Amen. Let's say it together. He's my hope. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray you bless it, strengthen us. Uh, Lord, thank you for the strength and the hope and the encouragement your word brings. In Jesus' name, amen. Tell your neighbor, I hope in him, and you can be seated. Now, as I've already told you, there's a context to these passages, and context is so important. Uh, A text without a context is a pretext. You need to always see what came before it and what comes after it. In the context for these passages is that Jeremiah is watching the people of Judah 
being carried into captivity by the Babylonians for their sin. Jeremiah has spent decades warning them. Nobody stood with him. He was surrounded with false prophets that were speaking false things to Judah all those decades, countering what Jeremiah was saying, telling the people everything's going to be all right, don't worry about it, you're not going to be invaded, you're not going to be taken captive. Jeremiah was a lone voice. We call it the lonely whine of the top dog. Nobody was standing with him. He was alone, but he was telling the truth. He was surrounded by hundreds of false prophets. He was the only real deal, and he was right. And now, after warning them for decades that the Babylonians were going to take them captive, they were going to pay a high price for low living, now God has allowed Jeremiah to watch his predictions come to pass in front of his very eyes. And Lamentations is Jeremiah describing what he's watching, describing what he's seeing. He describes in heartbreaking, vivid language the cruelty with which Judah is being treated by the Babylonians, the tragedy of how they have lost everything, the heartbreaking sight of them carried away to a foreign land, prisoners in chains, little children in chains, adults in chains, Dragged off to a foreign land, losing everything. Because they refused to get right with God. They refused to get it right. God gave them decades to get it right. And they refused to listen. They stiffened their neck, they closed their ear, and they would not listen. And finally, judgment has come and God used the Babylonians to bring it. Now if you read chapter 3, verses 4 to 16 you're going to find the prophet Jeremiah describing the sufferings of his people as if it were happening to him. He's personalizing their sufferings. And he says things like this. He talks about being sick and injured, dead and buried, a prisoner, tortured, a traveler making slow progress, attacked by wild animals, a target of arrows, an object of ridicule, having to eat bitter and contaminated food. He gives a blow-by-blow description of what Judah is experiencing under this judgment from God. So it's not a pretty picture. Matter of fact, it's really grim. Circumstantially, in the natural, it looked bad for them. That's why he called it the Book of Lamentations. Because lamentation means sorrow, mourning, and regret. They were in the middle of national mourning, national sorrow, and national regret. They were filled with, if only I'd listened, if only I'd responded to the word of God. If only I had not closed my ears to Jeremiah's call, his warning, and his call to repent. If only this and if only that. Their city was completely destroyed, the fantastic Uh, architectural wonder known as Solomon's Temple was burned to the ground. The center of their worship, the center of who they were as a people was burned, destroyed. All they had built and accomplished over the years as God's chosen people was now smoldering ashes. Their glory days were kept alive only in the hallways of their memory. The casual observer, watching all of this, can only shake his head and declare them finished, 
hopeless, one and done. Well, they had been a great people, but they're gone now. It's over for them. No more hope. And so in this context of ashes and defeat and judgment and heartbreak and captivity, the prophet Jeremiah does something that everybody in a tough place in this house, watching online, listening later on radio or media, everyone in a tough place should pay real close attention to what he did. Because Jeremiah says this, he's looking at all this, his heart is breaking, his eyes have been weeping where there's no more tears, but he says this in verse 21, in the midst of this tragedy, but this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. This I recall to my mind, I'm remembering something, I'm digging back, I'm I'm, I'm bringing some things intentionally up to my mind that are going to inspire hope. And they were God's mercies, God's compassions, and God's faithfulness. Amen. He says, I'm going to recall these things to my mind. I'm going to make myself think about them. I'm going to turn my focus off the tragedy and onto God. I'm not going to focus on the ashes around me. I'm going to focus on the hope that is found in God no matter your circumstances. I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate my future. I'm not going to let my circumstances dictate my mindset. I'm not going to let my circumstances take me down into the dust of despair. No, I'm going to remember God and His mercies and His love and His faithfulness. So he names those three things about God, character attributes about God. These are God's character attributes. This is who God is. This is who God is. He said, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. What's mercy? Mercy is God not giving you what you deserve. Grace is God giving you what you don't deserve. Mercy is God not giving you what you do deserve and what I do deserve. How many of you can say, if he had given me what I deserved, I wouldn't be here today? Amen? But God's mercies are poured out so that we don't get what we deserve. And he gives us grace that we don't deserve. We do deserve His judgment, and mercy protects us from it. We don't deserve grace, but He pours it out. Amen. Now, in his deepest valley, Jeremiah reminds himself that God is a God of mercy. I want everybody here to remember that. God is a God of mercy. It says He he loves mercy over judgment. He chooses mercy over judgment. Uh, So here he is. He's in this deep valley of despair and tragedy and heartbreak and indefinable, impossible wreckage and catastrophe. As far as the Jewish captives were concerned, they were being consumed. Languishing in captivity, 
under a strange people in a strange land, speaking a foreign language, in chains, no home, no hearth, no place to go, no place to call their own. Nothing in their circumstances gave them hope. It looked like they would indeed be consumed. But Jeremiah looked at God and said, I know God. I know who he is. I know who his character is. And even though it looks like Israel is going to be consumed and be no more, I know the mercies of God. And because the mercies of God are real, they will not be consumed. It means, uh, the, the, uh, the word consumed is, is very, very strong. It just literally means to be finished, done, nothing left. Literally finished off. Consumed means finished off. I don't know if you ever felt that way. You make mistakes, you go off, you do things that you know uh, have not pleased God. And the enemy comes and starts speaking the count over you. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. You're going down, you're finished off. But right before he gets to the final count, the mercy of God is poured out and you get up again with fresh life and fresh hope and fresh power and fresh fire and fresh vision. The Apostle Paul wrote something very similar. He said, listen to this. He said, we're, very, we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Let me paraphrase it a little bit. We're hard pressed on every side, but not finished off. We're perplexed, but not finished off. We're persecuted, but not finished off. We are struck down, but no, we're not finished off. Because the mercy of God, the mercy of God. Everybody say the mercy. Paul said, man, I'm in a pressure cooker of stress and trial, but they haven't finished me off and they won't. I'm uncertain about which path to take. I don't know which way to go. I need God to guide me, but I'm not finished off. I'm being persecuted for his name's sake, but God's not letting it finish me off. I've been taken to the mat, knocked off my feet, down for the count, but because of the mercies of God, I'm not finished off. I'm not finished off. You're not finished off. Many of you in here have thought, at some time in your past, it was it for you. But here you are again, praising God again, standing in the house of God again with his name on your lips. How did that happen? The mercies of God. Everybody say tender mercies. Jeremiah said, I'm going to recall that. I'm going to get my mind on that. I'm going to focus on that. Not on the junk, not on the garbage, not on the trash, not on the trouble. I'm going to focus on the mercies of God. They're coming. They're coming. The mercy's coming. Mercy drops will start falling. And God will pick you up again. He's speaking to a people now that have got 70 years to go in captivity. That's who he's talking to when he says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 11, thoughts of good and not of evil, 
to give you a future. A future? Are you kidding, Jeremiah? We're in captivity. He said, no, I'm looking at the God of mercy. Though you're in captivity, you're coming out. Though you're in trouble, you're coming out. Though you're down, you're going to get up again. Give you a future and a hope. Then secondly, Jeremiah focused on God's compassions. Different from mercy. This is different. He said his compassions never fail. They never run out. They never fail. They never change. He says they're new every morning. What's new every morning? God's compassions. I like to think when I wake up, he's already laid aside new compassions for me. I just need to go find it and plug into it and enjoy it. Because every morning, every morning, I like the way this version puts it. Every morning, he shows it in new ways. What? His compassion. His compassion. We, the devil will tell you when you get up, God's out to get you. He's mad at you. Uh, he's turned his face from you. He's not with you. But the word of God comes along and says, no, not only is he with you, but every day he has stored up fresh compassions for you. Every day. More often than not, we don't even stop to consider God's new every morning compassions. Do you see God that way? Is that the way you view God? Do you know how for you He is? If God be for you, and He is, then who can be against you? Nobody and nothing. If God be for you, who can be against you? It's a rhetorical question. Nothing can. We need to start recognizing God's compassions every day. You say, well, what are they? Well, here's one. You woke up. You woke up today. You couldn't have woken up. It, it could be that you didn't wake up. But you woke up. God gave you a new day. So therefore, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because I woke up. But then when you wake up, here's what he's got for you, strength for the day. As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Then he provides for all your needs. You may not have everything you want, but you've got everything you need. Because God will never fail you. He'll never forsake you. He is a true God. He provides for your needs. His compassions are new every morning. He's been setting the table for you to wake up. He's gone ahead of you and prepared the way. Here's another way his compassions are new. He, he's going to give you opportunities every day. It says in Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity to do good to all people, do it. God is a God of opportunity. He's a God that opens doors. He's a God that makes a way where there is no way. He brings divine encounters, divine doors. He brings opportunities if you're watching for them every day. When you open his word, he speaks to you. That's his compassions. He daily protects you from Satan's destruction. He, he daily gives you peace in your heart. And I believe, no doubt, he daily places his angels around you. I think one of the real shocks of heaven is going to be all the times we're going to realize an angel, sometimes a skinny angel, got in between you and me and trouble and spared us a tragedy. Amen. Amen. 
Every day we receive from the Lord physical blessings, opportunities, protection, providence, angelic help, and renewed forgiveness. They are new. They're new every morning. We sang, He's a good, good God. He's a good, good God. Amen. So Jeremiah says, I'm not going to look at all of the trouble. I'm going to focus on his mercies, and I'm going to focus on his compassions. I'm going to get my mind off the negative and on to God. This is survival time. I, the prophet of God, can't go down. i got to stay strong. So I'm going to focus on him. We need to say, I'm the light of the world. I'm the salt of the earth. I carry his light in me. I can't go down. America needs you now. Your family needs you now. Uh, Your neighbors need you to walk with God. Somebody's watching you walk with God, and secretly they're hoping you do not fail. He says, I'm going to remember one more thing about him. This is so important, his faithfulness. He, He seems to almost shout it out. Great is your faithfulness. I want us to try it. One, two, three. Great is your Amen. That's the way he wrote that. Uh, he, he, great is your faithfulness. He speaks that in the midst of tragedy. David said in Psalm 36, 6, his faithfulness reaches all the way to the skies. Moses said in Deuteronomy, understand therefore that the Lord your God is the faithful God who for a thousand generations keeps His promises. Faithfulness means that God can be counted on without fear of disappointment. You don't ever have to fear or worry about God letting you down. He won't. Faithfulness means He will not disappoint you if you're standing on His promises. The Hebrew word we translate into faithful and faithfulness literally means to prop up, to hold steady, or to support. He will not let you fall. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you without glory or or without fault before the presence of his glory. He's able to keep you and me from falling. When applied to a person, faithfulness means you can safely lean on and rely on that person. It speaks of reliability, firmness, stability, trustworthiness, trueness, certainty, steadiness, permanence, and dependability. If they say it, they mean it. And you can count on it. God's faithfulness is an unchanging character attribute. He will never be anything but faithful. He will never, ever change in His faithfulness. It never wavers. He never never rethinks a position He's taken. He's never going to look at you and go, well, you know, I told them I was going to be faithful, but I'm kind of having second thoughts. No, no, He never drops back and punts. No, God, when God tells you He's going to be faithful, He's never going to change from that. Because he can't. Because it's not just what he does, it's who he is. He's faithful. He's faithful. 
He's faithful to himself and to us. He will do what he said he would do. Not one of his good promises will ever fail. When John the Revelator saw Jesus returning to earth on a white horse, here's what he saw. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. His very name, the returning Christ, is named Faithful. He said he's coming back, he's coming back. He'll never go back on it. He'll never rethink. He'll never change his mind. When God says he'll do something, there is no obstacle, no hindrance, no devil in hell that can hinder him from doing what he promised he would do. He promised he's coming back to take you up. That means the sun would quit shining before God would break that promise. It'll never happen. I'm going to come back and get my church. He promised it. And faithful and true will see to it that it's done. Once God has spoken, it's impossible for those words to return without completing the task they were sent to do. Isaiah, you know this verse. God says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void or useless or wasted or ineffective. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Joshua told Israel, not one word of all his good promises have failed. We're going to need this God in 2024. You better mark it down. How many times are we going to need to look up and go, I remember his mercies. I remember his compassions. I remember his faithfulness. I'm not going to look at the junk. I'm looking up, not around, up, not in, up. While living in this godless, backslidden, reprobate culture, that's what it is right now, we can safely lean on our faithful God. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will make you strong and guard you from satanic attacks of every kind. He will cancel satanic assignments off your life because he's faithful. I want you to hear that. The devil targets your marriage, your home, your finances, your mind, your body. My God cancels Satanic assignments. When we're tempted and tested, we all are. He's faithful to not allow us to be tempted beyond our ability to resist, but opens a way of escape so you can bear it. Why does he do that? Because he's faithful. When you sin and you confess it, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And if Satan has convinced you that God won't forgive you because you think your sin is worse than everybody else's and the devil's lying to you, I want you to remember something. Noah got drunk. Jacob lied. Joseph was abused. Moses was a, Moses was a murdering fugitive. Gideon was fearful. 
Rahab was a prostitute. David was a murderer and adulterer. Elijah was suicidal. Peter denied Christ three times. The disciples fell asleep in Jesus' darkest hour. Mary Magdalene was demon-possessed. And Paul was a killer. And he forgave them all. Come on, everybody. Come on, church. So when you want to throw in the towel, and you will, or you're feeling overwhelmed in life, remember that God is faithful to provide, uplift you, comfort you, strengthen you, uphold you, and support you. Your immediate circumstances may not change, but God will provide you with all you need to persevere and make it. In closing, I read this morning, I go to 2 Timothy 4 all the time because that's Paul's final chapter, his final words. And I read this great man, this incredible apostle, He names names, and he tells the truth. He says, when I needed him most, Demas forsook me. Demas left me high and dry. Then, he says, then there was Alexander, the coppersmith. He did me a lot of harm. He harmed me. And then the whole church abandoned me when I was taken before Caesar. He said, I've been forsaken, I've been harmed, and I've been abandoned. But none of those things stopped him. Did you hear me? It could have taken the the wind out of his sails. He could have said, I can't do all this. This This is too painful. He says, no, 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 but the Lord stood with me. The Lord, everybody say, the Lord stood with me. See, no matter what people do, the Lord will always stand with you. No matter how they treat you, the Lord will always stand with you. If they walk out, He walks in. Come on. When they walk, when they walk out, He walks in and holds you. That's right. Yes. Come on, church. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's the one who sticks closer than a brother. He said, the Lord stood with me and strengthen me so that the message would be fully preached. And I read that today. Forsaken, harmed, abandoned. But the man kept going where he could say, I finished my course. I didn't almost finish because of what people did to me. No, I finish in spite of what people did to me. 
So I leave you today with this word for the new year. It's not going to be an easy year in a lot of ways. But here's the thing. Don't focus on all of the negative. Look up and say, I'm going to remember the God of mercies. Amen. I'm going to remember the God of compassion. And I'm going to remember the God who is faithful and will never fail me nor forsake me. Let's all stand, can we? Thank you, Lord. Can we lift our hands to the faithful, merciful, compassionate God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's say together, thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your compassions. Thank you that you are faithful. And as we sang, all my life you have been faithful. Now, Lord, we give you this new year. We don't know what it holds, but we know who holds the new year. And we ask you, Lord, take turning point in every gospel preaching, blood-bought, genuine church of God and help us to shine this year. Shine and, and, and leave a footprint of the gospel, a footprint of God's reality, a footprint of God's healing and deliverance. And strengthen us, Lord. Now I want to pray for you. I want to pray for strength for the new year. Some of you barely made it here today. You're under such a burden. I want to pray for you today. I want to believe God to strengthen you today. I want to believe God to fill you with fresh fire. Today. In Jesus' name. If you need some fresh strength today, fresh fire, fresh motivation, fresh power, I want you to come to the altar. Just begin to come down right now. We're going to have a prayer time. Come right now. Just come. Say, I need fresh fire. I need fresh zeal. I don't want to be barely a barely flickering candle. I want to be a torch. I want to be a torch. A burning torch. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it now. Thank you.
decades. We're going to agree together now. We're going to agree together. We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in church. We've been around a long time. We've also seen the sustaining power of God, the goodness of God, the restorative hand of God. And we're going to pray right now that fresh fire falls on you. I want everybody to expect it. I want you to expect it. You didn't come to the altar for nothing. I want you to expect it. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, We pray for fresh fire from the throne room of God to fall on the people of God today. Fresh fire, fresh power, fresh zeal, fresh motivation, fresh strength. Lord, that we would be raised in a special way, in a powerful way, out of the doldrums out of, Lord, feeling like maybe my best days are behind me. No, they're not. Your best days are in front of you. Your best days are in front of you. Your best days are in front of you. Don't look back through the rear view mirror. Look forward through the windshield. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Father, I pray for a fresh baptism of courage. Yes, Lord. Lord, as Peter received a baptism of courage on that day of Pentecost, and it turned him into a different man, Lord, let us receive a baptism of courage. Yes, Lord. Lord, we'd be courageous in this new year. Yes, Lord. Lord, we would even look back and say, look what God is doing, even through me. So, Lord, I pray that over your people today. Bring courage into your church. Yes, Lord. Into every individual, Lord that we will be bold as we stand for the things of God. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Yes, Lord. And I want to say to everyone down here, you're not going down. You're going through. You are not going down. You're going through. You're not going down. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going through. You're going through to the other side. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow, You will not fear evil, for he is with you. His rod and his staff comfort you. And he's going to carry you through where he has set a table before you in the very presence of your enemies. Lord, thank you for strength to continue, strength to persevere, strength to not just survive but thrive. Lord, thank you for your power. Now lift your hands, everybody, and say, Lord, I receive the touch of the Holy Spirit of the living God. I receive the touch of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Go ahead and give him a wave offering and just say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it today in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord.
Yes, Lord. I yes, want to Lord. pray for Cindy. And I, Cindy, we talk, I talked to Susan about this. But as I've been praying for you and Jeff and the church, I just sense that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you in a way that you're going to step, you're going to step away from it and look at it and say, wow. Because he's taking you up. And what the enemy has tried to push down and say, that's no more. It's going to come up on you're going. To, there's going to be. You're going to stand on this platform, and people aren't going to recognize you. Father, I thank yes, you for sending. Lord. Lord, I thank yes, you for a fresh Lord. anointing yes, that Lord. is upon her and is coming upon yes, her this Lord. year. Lord, yes, that Lord. she's going to do things she thought she would never do. She yes, thought that was behind her. Yes, Lord. Lord, there's coming a fresh anointing, a yes, fresh Lord. power, a fresh yes, boldness like she has not yes, ever Lord. experienced. And Lord, she's going to come out of a shell that the yes. enemy's tried to put over her. It's going to be a breakthrough year. Lord, like a breakthrough of water, Lord, you're going to yes, break Lord. through her yes, life. Lord. Fire yes, is Lord. going to be manifested in the yes. power of God. It's going to overcome her. Yes, Lord. Lord, it's going to be a different year. Yes, Lord. You're going to be glorified through her singing, Yes. through her ministry, through the yes. anointing of the Word of God, through her life, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And I want to say real quickly, I just feel a spirit of prophecy on the house. I'm going to say real quickly to all of you down here and a lot of you out there still, that every weapon formed against you God's going to cancel that satanic assignment. Yeah. If you look up, if you look up and you trust him, he's going to cancel it. He's going to give you victory over it. And he's going to carry you through it. And there's not even going to be, as it was said of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there wasn't even the smell of smoke on them. That's right. So we're believing God for that. How many of you are glad you came to the house of God today? Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we got to go out with something really upbeat and happy. Uh, but I want you to remember now, when you go out, remember, I'm looking up, his mercies, his compassions, his faithfulness. That's my focus for 2024. And as you go out, drop your prayer requests in the buckets so that we can lift up those prayer requests Wednesday night. And we'd love to have you here praying with us. Uh, next Sunday, 9 and 11, and bring somebody that needs Jesus. They're liable to get saved. Amen? All right. I want us to count to three and shout together Happy New Year, and then we're going to sing as we go. Are you ready? One, two, three. God bless you. Have a good week.